Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Technocratic Feudalism. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness. Ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is January 17th, Tuesday in the year 2023. If you've been paying attention to Davos, they've heated up as normal, like they like to do, presenting all sorts of interesting theories about how we're going to live. And at the top of all of this always is the idea of controlling every aspect of our lives. We are heading into a very interesting period. Techno- technocracy is literally the rulership by those that control and own the sciences and engineering. But we're heading into something even more draconian which is a technocratic feudalism. Technocratic feudalism is ultimately those of control and power that you worship because of the science and their knowledge and technology that then employ and use that as tools to control people into small controlled areas, what they're calling the 15-minute city. And this is growing in their whole theme, and unfortunately this sick ideology has been deeply injected into these crazies that believe the world is going to die in a matter of five years or less. So we're going to dig into all of that and much more as we start to look at truly where we're headed and some of the threats that lie ahead. And with that in mind, make sure you're stocking up to prepare for the change because we are heading into a period of shortages and likely big disruptions. Patriots, you can hide your head in the sand or you can face the future head on. Those are your two options. If you want to remain free and self-reliant, despite whatever happens in the world, you need to get yourself enough emergency food so you can survive the coming chaos in our society. You can fully expect food shortages if everything breaks down. And if you don't already have enough food on hand, you will regret it. So do yourself a favor and go to preparewithbards.com and save $200 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's largest preparedness company, and they're knocking $200 off the regular price of their three-month kit to help make it affordable for families who are feeling the pain of inflation right now. At this price, get one kit per person for your family. These kits are in stock, and they ship fast and free. Save $200 per kit when you go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Patriots, I've said it so many times, food security is the foundation of personal sovereignty. So head on over to preparewithbards.com and take advantage of this amazing offer. Do it today. Preparewithbards.com, you will not be disappointed. Patriots, one of the things that they keep throwing at us is this mass divergence and confusion of sexuality within our culture. And it really hasn't stopped. It continues to get crazier every single day. And part of that is to completely keep people off base. I mean, just to give you an idea, and, I, and literally, we're going to get back in, we're, this is all heads towards this objective of how you control people and how technology and this feudal order starts to evolve. But we're seeing this constantly de- descending view into life. It's a, it's a, it's declining in the whole principle of what human beings are as the youth are inoculated with these ideas that everything has to be subdivided. Now there was a move, a movement, I should say in, in sociology back in the 1970s that did just this. They test ballooned it at that point in time where they visualized that every single action in human existence could be reduced down to a one and a zero. So you can imagine the dissection that occurred on that sort of flow map. But we're seeing this again, and I literally had to look this up today because I had no idea what they were talking about. But the comment of the article was that a trans cell, a trans cell, I didn't even know what this was, was there are increasing numbers of people that are in trans cell that are moving over to be 
women. I said, I was like, what in the world is a trans cell? A trans cell is a transgender person who is experiencing a state of inceldom. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to get through this seriously. Incel, trans seldom is not necessarily a, real, uh, a result of non-redemancy and can be a temporary condition during gender transitioning stage, which can include a female to male transgender man getting a fallow, phalloplasty. In other words, this transgender movement of trans cell can include somebody trying to get fake body parts sewn on them. And I, I was like, what in the world are we into? They, they really, a, 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 this kind I, idea is this people become involuntarily celibate. It's called being single. <laughs> Just so we're clear. But everything that goes in in this world right now is being dissected to the new level, new words, new vocabulary. And it's all part of social engineering the society so that people become compliant to this new world order. And all of this is being done intentionally to confuse people and keep their brains rolling to try to keep up. I'm obviously, I'm making, I'm going to mock this because it's lunacy. But they're doing this with the youth. And this dialogue is intentional. The youth that are growing up with this, this is becoming their new language. And so they're literally separating an entire species the entire human genome is being separated by the youth with their new language so that we can no longer speak to them and the youth are going to be the ones driving change. And the youth are going to be the ones in the technocracy that are going to be demanding of these smaller city footprints, little limited mobility, no cars. That's the feudalist concept. So we're watching the insurgency happening right before us and to every child that's in school, they're becoming part of this indoctrination. It's absolute insanity. This is how they're going to divide the world. Take a listen to this piece. Guys, y'all got to be careful with the sexualization of our world right now. Everything is sexualized. Our children are being sexualized. We are living in a world where they want us to be completely possessed by the spirit of wickedness and demonic possession. Um, the reason they do this, they do this with MK Ultra victims. They do this with all the celebrities. They conjure up demons so that they can use these celebrities to lead people to hell. They so they're doing that to us on a worldwide scale. Understand that they're using individual people, even little people like us who are just nobodies, not celebrities is what I mean. And they're using us as MK Ultra victims. They are promoting us to go out and be promiscuous, be sexual, over-sexualized, and open up doors for demonic possession. And when you open up doors for demonic possession, you're automatically working for Satan. So when you're working for Satan, you're going to be leading God's people to hell. And you're going to condemn God's people. You're going to persecute God's people. And you are going to hate God's people unknowingly. A lot of these people do not know why they hate God's people, why they see someone with a light on them, and they just hate them. <clears throat> You'll You'll see certain people looking at you like they hate your guts. They don't even know you. That's because, like Yashua said, the light has come into the world, but the world has shown that they prefer darkness to the light. And they hate when the light walks into the room because it's like that movie, I Am Legend with Will Smith. Those demons, when they see the light, they cannot handle it. It, it's, it, it kills them. It, it makes their spirit uncomfortable. So they're going, you're going to hate. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. They, a lot of these narcissists out here, they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand because they're wrapped up in many of different sins. They're wrapped up in all kinds of sexual immoralities. Pornography, you're going to get all kinds of demons on you watching that stuff. I mean, and I'm telling you, you continue and God will God will come to you, but don't take advantage of God's grace because God will come to you. God will speak to you. God will speak to you through, uh, why, why can't I sleep at night? Why do I have depression? Why do I have anxiety? God is telling you what you are doing is wrong. Something isn't right here. That is your soul saying something isn't right. I need to stop what I'm doing. But demons, when you feed them, they get bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. 
So always keep that in mind. Get Come up out of your sin. Come up out of the wicked ways. Come up out of your wicked ways. Remove yourself from this wicked world because it's getting worse. And remove your children from these wicked schools because they want to sexualize your children, turn them into MK Ultra victims, and have them out here creating false selves so that they can become a reprobate mind. And there you go. Just like that. And it's true. But I just want you to be clear. If you believe in that, you are now a crazy person with a tinfoil hat. And I'm going to wear a lot of tinfoil hats here probably by the end of tonight. Pretty crazy. But we are literally in such a time that what we're witnessing is a mass MK Ultra project. And all of this is designed towards steering people towards a new world that is completely redefined as the World Economic Forum would like you to know. That is going to reshape society as a whole. This is a place where nothing as we know it will exist anymore because they're deciding our future. Take a listen to this piece from the Swiss MP as he proposes cities where there are no individual ownership of cars and encourages punishing any businesses that do not align with environmental goals. Important for for policy is really to change the the rules of the game, no? So that uh, sustainability becomes the easier choice, not just for the people, but also for the companies. No, so also then um, changing the way districts work. For instance, um, I in Zurich we have a lot of districts where you actually don't need a car because all the activities, no school, um, uh, buying something, everything you can do in walking distance. No, and by doing that, no people don't buy a car. And it, 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 it's not felt like um, actually they would like to have a car and, and they're not allowed to have it, but they simply don't need it because the environment was built in a way that they don't need it. And I think this is what policy needs to, to, to do. They have to change the environment. So a sustainable lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle in harmony with nature is the easiest way to go. And, and also for the companies. No? And, and here perhaps a last point. I really like what you said on following through. No, we had all these nice commitments. We had the Paris Agreement. We also here at World Economic Forum have every year very nice co commitments. What's important is really to follow through and also to also shed the light. Sometimes you're very critical with those who are acting. Say there are, and we need to be critical. No, and see that there is no greenwashing. But we should also put the light on those who are not acting. And I think policy needs to try, and I think, for instance, Biden's suggestion to, that the government only buys with companies who commit to Paris, who commit to science-based targets, I think that's a smart policy. So that policy tries to leverage also the action from, from companies and somehow gets all companies to act. No? I think this is a smart way to do politics. This is why they want a digital currency. This is why they want a programmable currency because they can control everybody, including businesses. And if everybody accepts this digital currency, this is exactly what they will do and very quickly have everything into their snare. The idea is that they track all your purchases, they track how you perform. This is all an extension even beyond the social credit score. And they look at your compliance to the rules that they create for us, not them. And as he said, you won't be allowed to have a car, but you'll not want one anyway because they're going to build these new environments. In other words, they're going to relocate people into these new environments, which are little more than advanced prisons. We talked about that last night. And they're prisons with greenery and walking distance to things, but you're never going to leave this space. 15 minutes, the 15-minute city, everything you need is within 15 minutes, and that is where your life will exist because if you want to travel, You'll do so in a virtual world. That's the technological side of it. The feudalist side of it is you are limited to the range of 15 minutes. If anyone's ever been to Edinburgh and into the old city of Edinburgh, you'll know that there is a there was a wall around Edinburgh one time. And there is a, was, it's since changed hands, but there was a pub at the end of the long street coming down from the castle that was called the End of the World Pub. And that pub was in, was truly seen as the end of the world for the people in Edinburgh. It was, it's a for real thing. And what it was is it was at the edge of the wall 
No one ventured outside the walls of Edinburgh. If you did, it was wildlands. But people lived within the walled city and never left. That was their environment. That was their world. Everything was shaped by that. Edinburgh was a city that had the first skyscrapers. They grew 14, 15, not that high, about six, eight stories high. And in some of the old excavations, you could go down now, you can take a tour down to the bottom of where it used to be. And if you can imagine, those in the high streets of the high apartments would take their bedpans every day and they would throw them out the window. So they would end in the street down below where the poor people lived. So the poor people were literally living in human squalor while the rich people lived upstairs in cleanliness. And they could see outside the walls potentially because they had the elevation, but everyone else lived on the ground. And the extent of the world was the was that wall. This is their vision again. This is the feudalist order coming back with a technocratic spin because now they're going to be all sorts of other things like digitally chip you and control your car with a remote kill switch, anything like that. And all of this is where we're headed and what they're rapidly starting to, trying to accelerate as they destroy the current cities and plan to start building new ones, just like we talked about last night. So all this other stuff we're witnessing right now, one, we're seeing the depravity of who they are. And on the other hand, they're creating all sorts of noise and confusion. So there's a mass amount of chaos that's keeping our eyes off of what's going on. But central to so much of what is happening right now is the economics. And that's the debt ceiling. And that's what we're going to face as a nation starting on Thursday. Who you see right there at the White House. We do have breaking news on the debt limit. Kayla, what do we know? Well, Scott, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen just wrote a letter to leaders in Congress saying that beginning next Thursday, January 19th, the United States will be reaching its statutory debt limit of just more than $31 trillion, at which point it will have to start taking what it calls extraordinary measures to conserve capital at the federal governmental level uh, to avoid a default on debt. To do that, Treasury is going to be withholding some investments from retirement funds for postal service workers as well well as other federal government employees. And Secretary Yellen says that uh, as soon as any such deal on the debt ceiling is reached, that those investments accounts will be made whole. A senior administration official tells me that the White House believes that negotiations on a potential debt ceiling deal would begin in earnest after the tax season deadline in mid-April, at which point Treasury will know exactly what tax receipts have come in, what revenue looks like, and exactly how much time will be left on the clock, at which point they'll be able to begin negotiations with Republicans in Congress about exactly how a deal could come together. Secretary Yellen's says that uh, the U.S. will be able to maintain these extraordinary measures until about early June. We'll see how that goalpost moves in the coming months. This is opportunity if you see it, and it's right here before you. Right now, the masters are waiting to renegotiate the debt ceiling based on how the slaves pay their fair share of taxation to them. They're waiting to see our compliance. Think about that. Your taxes are dictating how they will renegotiate the debt ceiling. Sure would be a sorry thing if they didn't have enough revenue to renegotiate any debt ceiling and we bring this Babylonian monster to the ground. That's in our hands. Legally, I'm not a tax advisor. I'm not an investment advisor. I'm not a doctor and I don't wear a white coat on TV. But it is interesting to note that anybody can legally request two extensions just something to think about. But we're in truly a crazy time, and there is so much movement on this insanity. Take a listen to this. San Francisco City panel urges reparations of $5 million per black adult. Now, just the principle of this should get everybody upset and riled because there's nothing here to, re- there's no reparations at all, other than unless the Norway is going to start paying me reparations for some enslavement during the Viking period. But just the fact of the economics alone, the stupidity of these people, to think that there's somehow this is going to be produced. And all it's doing, the ones that are implementing these strategies, and this was actually the South, the San Francisco African American Reparations Advisory Committee, 
even have an, an, an acronym, A-A-R-A-C, ARAC. And this is being sold to poor, illiterate, retarded people, unfortunately, that are angry because the, the masters have fanned the flames of their anger, tried to convince them that it's all evil white men that did their job. Of course, they don't remember their own history. Because the only reason that white slave traders were able to, and they were European slave traders, which includes Spaniards, the only reason they were able to get the slave trade going is because black tribal men hunted their own tribe's kinsmen and brought them to the ports to sell. But that's probably heresy to say such thing in this day and age. And that's probably even a conspiracy theory. Who knows? But the fact is that we are dealing with this constant churning of fact and trying to churn people's emotions because that's what the left is all about. Churning of emotions while they hide certain truths and critical truths. And the critical truths we're facing right now, one is a debt ceiling and the other is this vax issue, which is literally destroying this country. And I don't know if we're going to recover from this easily, if we can recover at all. I have to be, I have to be blunt about this because the recovery at this point in time, they have set us up to almost have to accept their technology. And unfortunately, those in, that are fighting, each side fighting for whatever they're fighting for, which is ultimately control over us, both know that one fact. That there's no way that we're going to be able to proceed forward as the nation that we were without an increased reliance on technology. Listen to this. The FAA revealed that it very quietly during the COVID crisis, changed what they considered to be normal for the EKG parameters for pilots. And what they did is they had a certain limit of what was accepted for a pilot, but they changed that limit to to unlimited so that the EKGs came out approving every single time, even though there was heart damage in a large percentage of pilots. This is all during the injection period, the, the release of the bioweapon. So what the government has actually admitted is that they've known all along that the bioweapon was going to destroy hearts. Now, if you remember, last night we played a piece that discussed this exact thing, that the theory behind this now is that, in fact, the government has known all along what it was doing, that the test, the risk results coming out of Pfizer weren't, in fact, coming from as a, as a byproduct of testing the damage of the vax but rather it was a, a proof of concept that they were presenting to the government showing them what damage the vax would actually deliver. In other words, they delivered a bioweapon with the intention of harming people, damaging their hearts, causing all, all sorts of health side effects, and weakening a nation to such a degree that it could never rise again. Can we rise again? In a different form, but not as we were. And it's going to take a lot of struggle, I'll be very honest, because the damage of this is immense. Imagine taking a population that's well-armed, a population that at a certain point will demand that the government be removed, a population that has truly become despotic in every term, or not a population, but a government that has become despotic and is a tyranny, that by our own contract that we set up in the founding of this nation, we have the right and duty to overthrow them. But now 60% of your population has a damaged heart. You've weakened that population to where the the forces of tyranny can roll in and roll right over you because you can't keep pace of the fight. This is going to increasingly fall on the backs of those who didn't take the vax to fight off what is coming. And it is coming. It's not coming in the mightiness of an invading army. It's already here. That army that came, came in the form of a shot, an injection. They didn't have to create snipers and do roundups into FEMA camps. All they had to do was tell people that there was an invisible enemy. That we were all in this together. That if you rolled up your sleeve, we had the answer. That Big Pharma was on your side. We were here to protect you, even though Big Pharma obviously created the thing. And in so doing, inject yourself with this bioweapon, please. And as you do, know that we're here with you. We've reprogrammed your DNA. We've reprogrammed your entire 
immune system. And yeah, we yeah, it was an experimental thing. And we probably didn't tell you the whole thing, but it's good you did it because now they own you. They own those that had done this in so many levels. They own them legally. And they because of the change in genetics, if there is any of that done, they automatically own the subject. And they control them medically. And all of this along as they increase the, the amount of information coming out of this is showing that it's far crazier than we thought because one of the things that they're doing as well is they're collecting medical data at a level we never imagined. So medical profession, the, what we've learned now is that the WHO is, is using a medical diagnosis code, not just for the vaxxed, but for the unvaxxed. So they've been cataloging all of this in the process, cataloging people's DNA, cataloging people's health status, cataloging people's vaxxed or unvaxxed status. They have identified the entire populations. They know where their threats are, and they're correlating that. Trust me, this is data analysis now. You're going to correlate the unvaxxed. You're going to look at their age profile. You're going to look at their demographic profile. They're doing all of this right now, identifying exactly where the pockets of resistance are. And so they're now announcing this piece of we have to move people to a new type of living. The only way that's going to happen in this new technocratic feudalism is if they force relocate people. But the best part is that won't be as hard as you think. Because during this whole process, all they're going to have to do is to leverage those that are sick, have damaged hearts, aren't as up to their normal standard of energy. All of those that took the vax. What they need to do Rupture the economy. Those people that are worn down aren't going to have the capacity to grow food as well, be as independent. They're easy targets. They need to destroy everything moral in this nation so the whole world out here becomes a chaotic zoo. And then you start to get people ready for a major change where you can promise them utopia in these new design cities, these technocratic feudalist orders where these cities are built from ground up and you can provide them with a UBI, universal basic income. You can provide them with healthcare. You can provide them with a simpler living, a better designed apartment, smaller, more efficient. And everything you need is within 15 minutes, even your job. You can do your job by using internet 3.0, which is some sort of virtual interface like meta. It's on the horizon folks. Take a listen to this depravity, because this is now happening in, in places you wouldn't even expect. This is a guy who isn't even a transgender. He's just a peeping Tom freak that's decided to take advantage of the fact that bathrooms are now are pluralized to simply go in, and this is at a, as a, at a high-end weight room or, weight or tr- physical fitness space, gym, and this guy decides to make a probe into seeing women undressing. In Arizona, he was undressing in the locker room, top off, bra off, and Paul Bixler was in the women's locker room. And he looked at me and he looked at my breasts and I have called the police. Until recently, he's used the men's locker room. So he agrees himself that he's a man. I have told the police that I was in the locker room. A man was in there. I was getting undressed. He looked at me. He is a man in the women's locker room. And the response is that this is a touchy, sensitive issue in society. Yep, there he goes, women's locker room. There's the man going in the women's locker room. Hope there's no one undressing in there. Hope there's no naked women in there. Since there's a man, why isn't anyone warning the women? Just so everyone knows, he's not being arrested. We are at a point where we're catering to society instead of facts. This is alarming. Women's rights are being violated. And I'm not going to put up with it. But Paul, if you're a female, why do you use the men's restroom sometimes and the women's restroom sometimes? Please stay away from it, please. Yes, politely, like I said. He will suffer no consequences for this. By the way, the guy that was stopped her from filming at the end, that was the cop. Defending this dude, who's an obvious peeping Tom, 
probably a, a stealth rapist who needs a baseball bat to the back of the head is what he needs. And he, the cop is defending him and telling her not to film him because she's violating his privacy rights or something. I don't know. This is the lunacy we're in. And the society is so depraved that people are being worn down to want an escape. Here's another one. And it's interesting because I've said this here on the show before, and I'm really happy when what I say gets proven true in headlines. And I'm not happy about this. Believe me, this is disgusting. But it's satisfying to know that what I've said here is actually true. Here's the deal. I've said all along that the gay culture is under the cover, hiding its deep pedophile roots. That gay men have for a long time been hiding their pedophile nature. And probably not 100% of them, in fairness. But a lot of them, and most of them know about it because they do what's called helping people come out. And they always target 14, 16-year-old boys. Well, this takes it to another level. You see, there's a couple dudes. Yeah, these dudes, they, um, they adopted a couple young boys. And they're a gay couple. This is in Walton County. And it's William and Zachary Zulak. I can say that because it's public knowledge now. William and Zachary Zulak. They're a married gay couple. They married a couple of young boys. These are sick, perverted people. William admitted to forcing his 11-year-old adopted son to perform an act of sodomy on him with the intent to satisfy his own sexual desires. Oh, they didn't just stop there. They did films with them and they shipped them out to their neighbors. Their friends. It's all part of having a big extended community network. Pedophiles have moved into their local area and they have infiltrated deeply the roots of the LGBTQ movement. It is a natural progression of this debauchery and this sexual debasement. And all of this is happening around ourselves. And what's, what's going on here is as they separate children from the adults with a new language, a language of self-identity and cultural Marxism, as they start to convince children that they need to be sexualized and be sexually aware, and they start to indoctrinate them into this, these things, then the predator stepped in, which is exactly what's happening. All of this craziness is happening all around us as they start talking about building the new cities. 15 minutes city. Gee, that's going to be great. You can have full quarters built within 15 minutes of you that are probably going to be pedophile centrals. Or if you take your kid for a walk, be careful. Don't turn your back. They might just snap him. You turn them into their own pleasure. The problem is kids don't really understand what's at stake because they haven't been taught properly what we're really dealing with. What we're dealing with is socialism by name, but really what it is is corporate tyranny. Like I said, it's a techno-feudalist order, but it has all the makings of what we know as socialism, which is an egalitarianism that is totally defeating of the personal innovation. And this is exactly as they want it because eventually it descends to a level where people give up. This test was actually run at one of the universities in England. Take a listen. Let me tell you a scary story. An economics professor at a local college made a statement that she had never failed a single student before, but had recently failed an entire class. The class had insisted that socialism worked that no one would be poor and no one would be rich, a great equalizer. The professor then said, okay, we will have an experiment in this class. All grades will be averaged and everyone will receive the same grade. No one will fail, but no one will receive an A either. After the first test, the grades were averaged and everyone got a B. The students who studied hard were upset and the students who studied little were happy. As the second test rolled round, the students who studied little studied even less. And the ones who studied hard decided they wanted a free ride too, so they studied little. The second average test result was a D. 
no one was happy. When the third test rolled round, the average was an F. As the tests proceeded, the scores never improved. As bickering, name-calling and blame all resulted in hard feelings. And no one would study for the benefit of anyone else. To their great surprise, all failed. And the professor told them that socialism would ultimately fail. Because when the reward is great, the effort to succeed is great. But when the government takes away all the reward, no one will try or want to succeed. And that is socialism, my friends. A race to the bottom. And that's their plan. All of this confusion of gender identities, dividing people up, giving them racial hatred again, getting children to believe that they have to create micro-subtexting of what they are, literally a, a micro-tagging. It's not enough to be a human being. You have to be a human being defined by your color, defined by your gender, of which is your choice, defined by your sexual preference, which is your choice, defined by many other things. All your social status is being created as a multi-tag, multi-hyphenated individual. You break the, the belief in the nation state. Nobody's proud to be American anymore. Very few anyway. That's de descended to the bottom of the pit. And the children are raised up on the belief, in fact, that their country is racist, misogynist, and burdened with the histories that now must be rewritten. Statues are torn down. Histories are erased and rewritten, all done in the critical race theory model. And everything that we know is being relensed right around us in real time. If your children are in school, I cannot say this enough. If your children are going to pub public school, you're creating the future tyrants and killers of this world. And while that may not be pleasant to hear, the fact is you're sending them to an indoctrination camp, which is preparing them to be like Maoist youth. This is how they're trying to get to the destruction of the United States on a long-term scale. Their idea, from what I can tell, is it doesn't matter if they lose this round. It doesn't matter if their elites are destroyed. It doesn't matter if the new ruling power that comes into play wipes out the existing pedo networks. They will have damaged and seeded enough of these deviants that they will have a new offspring, a new spawn to carry on their legacy long past any revival or golden age. The chaos that's happened in the destruction in society, the belief that the government is bad, which it is, the distrust of corporations, which is well-earned, looking around and deciding that the current state of affairs, the current cities have fallen into dilapidation, aren't worth living in anymore, that time is right to offer paradise. Paradise in the form of these new cities, like I say. Techno-feudalism. All you have to do is agree to move in. I'm sure those offers are going to be there. But all that is they're doing is about stripping rights, finding a way around the Constitution abdicating what our rights are, and they've done this at a, at a national level. The Biden administration signed a document yesterday or just the other day with Mexico and Canada opening up the door again to the North American Union. I didn't ask about that. I don't think anybody else did here, and I don't think anybody in Canada was voted on if they wanted to join America, not to say that we wouldn't make a good team. But they're making these decisions for us, land that we were given, because all along, they have separated us from the true nature of our sovereign right to this country. We didn't know our rights. We haven't paid attention. We took things for granted. That has to stop. We have to become real again as to what it's going to require to become a person of action. All right. Good morning. Time for belly aching and carrying on and explaining the same shit over and over again is done. We don't have time for echo chambers or anything else. Just action. That's it. So get to work. Wake people up when you have to, if that's all you can do. Or become a person of action. You got to get to 
multi-pronged line of effort approach for the semi-permissive environment that we're living in. And until you do, it will then become a non-permissive environment, I promise you. So, that being said, understand what's happened. We have gained a foothold. There is momentum on the battlefield. We are starting to see a support by fire position, if you will. Support is there so we can maneuver. But until we do, we're gonna be behind the curve. So get to work. Support by fire. Lines of effort. America. Right now we have all the tools in place to make a very successful turnaround of this nation. But that means decisions we have to make. You have to make commitments in ways that are greater than yourself and greater than your comfort zone. As I said earlier in the show, government has admitted that it can't negotiate a new debt ceiling because it doesn't know what its revenues are from its slaves. We're the slaves. The World Economic Forum, under Klaus Schwab, distributed a manual to all of its new leaders, the junior leaders or the young new leaders of the World Economic Forum. The title of the, of the document was called Reptile. Not because they are lizard heads, though they probably are. But what it taught people to do was how to manipulate the human mind so that it would become functioning like a reptilian brain. And we've had Dr. Larry Pilevsky on here speaking specifically about youth and their development and how we do, you have to teach the cognitive behavior. But with enough fear and enough indoctrination to fear and enough things given to you and controlled, People result back to revert back to a reptilian thinking, reactive, emotional. We've seen this. This is on a mass scale. Look around. Anybody in the left right now that's staying there, holding on, they're demonstrating a reptilian mindset. It's dangerous. And it's one that we're having to confront in a big, big way. This post was put up today. I'll read it. I think it has very great relevance to where we are in a real real reality check. You're not going to wake anyone up any longer. We have arrived at the end game. There are things that are about to start happening everywhere. It's going to freak the shite out of many people. Back away from trying to wake them up. They are asleep. They're where they want to be. And unfortunately, it is where it is when the shite hits the fan that they're going to look around and say, why didn't somebody tell me? And our famous words will become, we tried. This is a time when the world has to be shaken. It has to be rocked to the core because we have to break the cult programming. And there's a lot of cult programming. People have to wake up to the fact that when people say LGBTQ and all those other letters behind it, that's code for lock your children away from them because they're coming. These people are not friendly to you. They have different values. We can't coexist. Keep in mind that we now have the friendly Republican version of the LGBTQ community actively part of the new Republican Party, led by our former National Security Advisor, Richard Greer, or whatever his name is. This is real. The invasion is here, and this perversion is part of the daily cycle. They want to, part of controlling people is to break their identities. It's fundamental. It's what MK Ultra does. It's what is happening on a mass scale across this nation. And it's being allowed to run rampant. It's starting in the schools. It's hitting us in the media every day. There's sexual perversion. It's a demonic attack at a scale we've never imagined. Each one of us has a responsibility of keeping our armor strong, not just for us, but for our families. Making sure that in the center of the house is the concept of faith. There is worship that the house centers around. Praying every day is essential. It isn't just a function. It's not just a meditation. It's your armor. It's your strength. You have to remember that each person, hopefully at this point in time, has taken an oath. Chad Wright is a former Navy SEAL. Listen to this. This nation is still the beacon of light 
for the entire world. I've signed a check payable for an amount up to and including my life. Right? And, and I, that, that check is still valid. Mm-hmm. Right? But I signed it when I was 18 years old. And, and I've seen the cost of, of what it takes to be the beacon. And that's true. It's going to take a cost of everything you have if you want to keep it. This isn't a choice of being soft anymore. We're all part of this great army and part of this great fight. Kim.com wrote today, you're witnessing the accelerated fall of an empire. This year, expect major escalation with Russia and China for driving global de-dollarization. When the U.S. can no longer fund its debt with money printing, it will collapse under the weight of its own current debt. It's happening now. And that's reinforced by the fact that Saudi Arabia today has announced that it has It is now willing to accept other currencies in lieu of the dollar for the payment of oil. The petrodollar is now on its last breath. Officially, maybe not dead yet, but as soon as Saudi Arabia opens the door to other currencies, the stake is in the heart of that beast. And we're all going to feel the consequences of it. And this isn't something to be pleading to Father God about. It's saying, why, why, why? He's waiting for us to do something very simple. Embrace your passions and turn to him and repent and call out to him as a nation. But fight and hold the line. This isn't about taking us away, which I hear way too often. Oh, I can't wait till Christ takes me away. That has nothing to do with our time. This is about doing what we were intended to do while we are here. We're here to hold the line, occupy, and expand. That's the point of being here. And if this is getting so heavy for people to say that I, we need to escape, I need to run away, Father, take me home, you failed. You've missed your entire point of being here. This is Chad Wright again about the passion of the gifts we're given. When I was a SEAL, when I graduated SEAL qualification training, we got this big gold pen called a trident. Very few men have ever gotten to pin that trident on their chest. Very few. And you have to almost die to get that thing. And I pinned that on my chest, man, the day of graduation. And I never, ever wore that pin again out in public. The only time I ever put that pin back on is if we lost a teammate and I went to their funeral. Professionals don't need recognition for their freaking work. Stop walking around thinking that you deserve a pat on your back. Whatever it is you've been called to do, it has to become literally ingrained into the fibers of your being to the point that you couldn't possibly do anything else. And your calling right now is to do whatever God put on your heart with such passion and such fury and such intensity and such righteousness that that is your intended purpose until your last very breath. Chad Wright's good. If you want to follow him, his channel is 3 of 7. He's on YouTube. He's on Podbean. He's intense, and I completely support where he goes. It's part of the same type of people I worked with for many years, and it's something I completely abide by. There has to be an intensity and passion for everything we're doing right now because everything is on the line and everything is at stake. The idea that God will win this for us, think again. God has proven time and again in biblical stories that a nation that turns away from him, he will let them suffer the consequences of that, ultimately to bring them back home, but he will. Nothing is guaranteed here. And I hear this all the time. It's like, we're at the end game. Jesus is coming. We don't know the time or the hour. And if you're going to sit around and play Nintendo or watch Netflix waiting for that moment, you've already lost. And the purpose for you being here was wasted. Every one of us has a key purpose in this fight. God has us here for this reason. You've been awakened for this moment. You've been given the blessing of seeing the glories in Christ for this time. All because your role is important. Every one of our roles is important. And what's at stake is not just the United States. It's every nation, every people that followed Jesus across this world. We are reviving 
the love of Christ. We are reclaiming the land for kingdom. And that's on us. And it's something we all have to take responsibility for. The interesting thing is that most societies, are the Canadians, the, the Americans, even the Europeans in your early history, our founders of these nations all suffered and died, faced extreme risk, faced that question of life or death to become what they were. Right now, as a collective whole as humanity, we are facing the, the question of life or death. It's taking on a different form. It's not taking on the form of riders coming through your village to sweep up the youth and kill the men and rape the women. It's not taking on the form of muskets that are shipped over from UK in redcoats to fight us on our soil. It's taking different forms. It's not taking the form of Cortez coming into Mexico to slaughter the Aztecs. What it's taking on is a stealth form. It took the form of a needle. It's taking the form of destroying the minds of the youth and our children. It's taking the form of taxation. It's taking the form of blatant disregard for constitutional laws. It's taking the form of starvation, of reducing the availability of power and energy of submitting people, forcing people to submit to the rules of the state because they break them economically. And all of the long, all we have to do is come together as one people to stand together, work together because we have all the capacities to defeat this system. All we have to do is begin with a simple position. We will not comply. And once we embrace that, in the full embracing of what that is, and yes, there will be people that will suffer. That is the way this fight works because war is real and you don't know if your number's on that number to win and survive it to the end or if you're going to die doing it. But either way, it's glory. It's victory for heaven. It's victory for the kingdom. So buckle up because things aren't going to get any easier. And this enemy is not going away and they're sure as heck not giving up because they expect us to continue what we've done so well, being compliant slaves and fools. We can comply no more. Let's pray. Father, we're blessed in this time that you brought us to this period in such a time as this. For us to have such a glorious opportunity to have so many doors open and so many possibilities before us to stand boldly with the tools of truth, the mightiness of the sword of the spirit and the knowledge that we can overcome. The question is, can we unite? Father, tonight we pray for the unity in the hearts of the minds of the many who followed Jesus to come together and embrace the power that we have collectively to humble ourselves before you in each of our nations to pray for repentance, both for the people, for the nations, for ourselves, and then to stand mighty as one body, the body of Christ across this globe, to stand boldly before this evil and to simply agree that we will not comply, no matter what the cost. There are more of us than them if we would simply embrace what that means. And truth always prevails. Light always exposes darkness. We just need the strength in our hearts for all of us to collectively believe. So, Father, in this hour, we ask for your great strength and wisdom to settle in on everybody's heart. May the banner of Jesus wave boldly above us to the way that we can't avoid but seeing it. And may we now stand in these hours to defy evil, to not comply, to do the things that we may not feel comfortable doing, but to be trusting in you in that mightiness of the sword of the spirit to conquer what we sits before us. And in so doing, to set your children free. Guide us in this hour, Father. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Well, patriots, it's a good start to 2023. Information is pouring out. Truths are coming out from everywhere. The media is losing its mind. The elites are showing their hand in full. All we have to do is just stay centered on Jesus, keep our feet solid on the rock of Christ, listen to the wisdom of Father God, 
and not comply to these fools. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And God always wins. But he has us here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs>